Hi, welcome to Heart of the South Outdoors podcast. In this podcast, you'll hear us talk about hunting, fishing, the outdoors, and great food. I'm your host, Bo Sanders, and joining me is your co-host, Zach Fish. Welcome to Heart of the South Outdoors podcast, episode number five. Today's episode is a little bit different. Um, We have Chris Brackett joining us, but there's going to be a split episode. We're going to have about a 20-minute episode first, and then about an hour episode later, but you'll be able to listen to both of them at the same time on Spotify or iTunes. So here's the first section, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Heart of the South Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Bo Sanders, and we have a special guest with us. He is known from the Outdoors channel. He used to host uh, Arrow, Afflic- Arrow Affliction. Uh, Chris Brackett, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for joining us. So, no problem. I, just tell me a little bit about yourself, Chris. Well, I mean, I was born and raised in Illinois, chasing big bucks and ducks all over uh, the cornfields here in Illinois and river bottoms. And my... Uh, my passion had always been hunting, shooting, uh, pretty much chasing critters, and I just love land. So it's been my passion for the last 42 years I've been on this earth and, and uh, tried to take it to the, the, the top of the echelon as far as hunting and make a living at it and mm-hmm. influence people and help make awesome products. And um, Yeah, man, we, I did it. Did pretty much chased my dreams and caught them all. So, how did you get your start in the outdoor industry? Uh, you know, th- so the tough part for me is to hear the word industry is a mm-hmm. is like a kind of a. I hate that word. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I because it can have so many. Uh, it's dripping with so much different, uh, good and bad, right? Like, it, I guess I don't it know has what a variety to it. Yeah, I mean, the industry to me is something that's just about money. And that was one thing that the industry, hunting industry, the hunting love for it was never about the money. If I, if I did, I'd be, I mean, I'd be rich right now. Wouldn't, yeah. I uh, uh, wouldn't still be struggling, blue collar, you know, work, work like crazy. So how to get in the, the industry when, when you would, you know, kind of into that circle, into that realm. Mm-hmm. I mean, my main, main deal was I knew that I wanted to be an influencer and share um, the passion, I guess you would say, let's see, the passion, I just, I always took hunting to another level. I wanted mm-hmm. to share what I found enjoyable, what I found cool, whether it be the fact that antlers grew, you know, for 60, 90 days from nothing the fastest growing bone ever on a on an animal or in a human or, or really any mammal is an antler and the fact that it could grow and be fuzzy and then hard and then they could fight with them and then they drop them every year like i found that so fascinating and everything to do with animals and hunting for so long that i mm-hmm. wanted to tell every single person on the planet that maybe didn't know it or didn't slow down to look at it I wanted to tell them in some form or fashion about it. And through that, uh, 
at the time when I got kind of old enough, television, uh, there wasn't podcasts, you know, there wasn't radio. You had, yeah. you had like Monday mornings on CMT or watching Hank Parker talk about fish. I learned more from in fishermen, Doug Stangy and them about fishing from watching outdoor TV. And I thought, man, I want to experience that stuff and teach people. Uh-huh. You know, that I think that's where I got into the industry is I, I literally bought a camera. Uh, it was back in, I don't know, what was it? 2003, 2004. If you owned a three chip camera, a GL one or an XL, an XL one, if you owned a camera that filmed at the quality, which now your phone films 30 times better than, uh-huh. Uh, these cameras cost anywhere between three grand and ten thousand dollars, and they filmed worse in lower quality than a flip phone did. Honestly, you know. Wow. Uh, and, and so, and and if you if you owned a camera, there were opportunities. So I bought a camera. I bought a GL one camera, three chip. We used cards. Uh, we didn't even use cards back then. I said, uh, we used tapes that you had to buy the tapes, just the tape. Now imagine this, <laughs> an hour tape, if you filmed at highest quality, cost 10 to $20 a tape to wow. film on for an hour and was the size of half of the size of an iPhone. And that's what, that's the industry that I knew. That's the industry that I got into. Mm-hmm. And I learned, I, I, I saved up all my money. I got a divorce. My wife wanted to go party and run across the country. And you know, we got married super young. And I was yeah. still had this dream of, I want to do outdoor stuff. I bought a, I bought this camera and I bought these tapes. And I would buy them at, man, you go to Walmart and you could buy these tapes for for sometimes $8.99. But most of the time, man, they were above 10 bucks, And you only could film an hour. But you couldn't actually even hardly keep them on a hard drive because hard drives were so expensive. So you had to keep that tape. And and t- still to this day, I probably have 700 to 1,000 tapes in my basement. Wow. Of stuff from 12, 14, 15 years ago that really nobody saw. Um, you know, but for me, it was that was the only way you did it. And mm-hmm. that's how I got into the, you know, to the in the very beginning, you know, I mean, there was really only like probably 50 people doing this. Waddell was still a cameraman. Lee and yeah. Tiffany Lee was still working as an engineer in Minnesota. She was still a flight attendant. Um, I came in on the back end of these guys that were kind of already there, but they were working real jobs and they were doing this on the side. I just kind of came in on the backside of that and I saw it and I, and I just never really fit in with anybody. That's why I'm mm-hmm. still kind of a lone wolf. I had my own vision. I wanted to do my art and uh, knew the money would come later and really never even made it to that part of it. I never got rich off this. I just made enough to you know, survive because I had small expectations of, of what I will. I'd live in a cardboard box if I could do what I love, you know? Yeah. So you'd say that hunting's definitely not a get-rich-quick scheme. No, I mean, you could sell out. Look, there's a point where, you know, I'll talk about some things that uh, – if I was still in the game as as high as, as high as I was at one point, as strong as I was at one point, where if Rage Broadheads would pay me, you know, they knew that, you know, essentially Rage Broadheads, when when I got to the point where I was shooting a broadhead and paid by a company, Block Targets, mm-hmm. Rage Broadheads, they were all, 
owned by, uh, this is before Fairdyne or anybody had them. But I was with a company like that, that when I first got to the game, man, I wanted to be on that block commercial. I wanted to be on that Rage commercial. And they knew it. And I would shoot a Rage broadhead because I truly believed that they were the most lethal thing on the planet at that time. Yeah. They knew that my passion and where I, they, they, they figured me out, right? And they said, well, if he'll do, if he'll do $25,000 where a sponsorship was normally 70,000 bucks, they knew that they could probably walk the dog with me for two years before they had to pay me super big money. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? So when you get to that, you know, you get to that point where there's, there's, there's money in it. Uh, at that point, like I, there was a, there was a, time where they got bought out mm -hmm. and they were having you know budgeting problems and they would you know I, I was never one that i jumped ship a lot to go to different sponsors for the money you watch me and tiffany they you know they were with Scentlock and then they were with under armor and then they were with you know real tree and then now under armor paid more than real tree did so then they're with under armor and then you know you got the juries uh -huh. and now they're with nomad and they just but they were loyal. Their loyalty was with Mossy Oak forever. And so when Under Armour said, we're going to make, you know, we're not going to make um, Mossy Oak clothing. Mm -hmm. So they decided to go with a company that made Mossy Oak clothing. So there's this, there's these loyalty lines. Uh, some people have really strong ones. Some people just don't. Whatever, whoever, whoever's paying the most, that's where I'm at. That was never me. You know, there was times where Schwacker, mm -hmm. When they first came on the market, um, so you know they hit so hard you can hear the swack. They were paying to a guy like me at the time, that's arguably one of the lethal, most lethal killers with a bow and arrow. On the, at that time, when arrow fishing was hot and heavy, and you know I was killing everything. That company to get on the on, you know, to get the the really the bandwidth of what they wanted to accomplish. They would have paid one hundred fifty thousand, yeah. double what the highest that Rage ever paid me at seventy five thousand, and Rage is paying me twenty five thousand. But I could have mm -hmm. gone for one hundred fifty, even tried to get two hundred thousand for a longer term deal out of a Swacker um, coming on the market strong like that. You know, uh, that was in Walmart mm -hmm. and had the that had the marketing set up. I could have taken those deals, and I'd be living fat and happy right now. But that I just never did that for the money. It wasn't gonna look at wasn't gonna look at twenty thousand, you know, little kids and their parents that bought something because I said, Hey, this is this is lethal, you know, this is the mm -hmm. best. And they would come to my booth at Harrisburg or at a trade show or they'd call me up on the phone. I was very accessible yeah. to me. I didn't put myself in an ivory tower like the shockies of the world and things like that, you know. And, and so when I made myself accessible, I knew that I had to look you, Bo, in your eyeballs if I came to um, a trade show and you would ask me, hey, man, is Rage the best? And you're and like, yeah. dude, it's the most lethal thing at the time, at, at the time, five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, that I knew of. And <laughs> could I have killed stuff with a Swacker or a Muzzy or a... Whatever, absolutely. I can kill him with a field point, you know? Give me a sharp stick. Put it in the right spot, but was it doesn't it matter. More lethal? Yeah, shoot him in the liver. That's right. But it, but to me, it was all really, truly about integrity. Mm -hmm. You know, 
the incident that happens to me, you know, fast forward 10, 15 years. And now, you know, that what I had to deal with over the last two years and people want to question my integrity, they don't really know what happened. And it's one of those things I'm not going to really discuss on here. I'm not going to until um, everything's over in 27 months or something. But uh, that's why you could have made a lot of money. You could have made a lot of money right there. You could have just taken products that probably weren't the best, said they were the best, smiled, your Colgate smile, and but that was that just wasn't me, man. So I would use. There was times where I shot a rage broadhead. Yeah, where they just paid me nothing. They paid me literally nothing because they knew I would hang on. But then they would come back two years later and go, "Hey, we got some more money. Uh, let me pay you X to do a commercial, mm-hmm. film it, and they would make up for it." So I always hung in there. I hung in with companies even when they had tough times because of my integrity and the love for the industry the love for hunting products so sorry to hijack no no you're good this is what it's for i you know i invite folks on here just to talk and talk (laughs) where whatever they want to um it's just yeah it's just a way to show a different side of people i guess you you could say like you see a lot of the tv side of folks but you don't really see this side of them then just kind of opening up a little bit I just had Michael Hunsucker from Heartland Bowhunter on here the other day, and his episode's dropping Thursday. So I'm just going to try to have a, mm-hmm. a variety of people on here so you can see a different aspect of those folks who are in the hunting realm. And I don't... Well, I like the fact that you're a little bit laid back with everything, um, where a lot of people try try to be real controversial. And they, you know, they try to have a huge presence on there. I, I think there's a very calm, there's a very, very good place for calm. Mm-hmm. Um, just hang out scenarios on the phone, you know, uh, on the computer. Yeah, and you just kind of, just kind of hang out and you this talk, is... take time because you try to cram everything in twenty minutes or thirty minutes. Or yeah, whatever. I'm not you just really get, worried about get that. Deep into anything. This is basically you and me just having having a casual conversation about what we, what we both love. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, it's been good and bad for me being very transparent. Mm-hmm. I've been somebody that's been very transparent with the good, the bad, the ugly in my life, um, but God has used it for His glory. Yeah. The entire time, like he had already won. I just didn't know it. I didn't know what was written and I didn't trust it. I didn't have faith in Mm -hmm. him, but has used everything and my transparency and the fact that I am bold. I'm a high D personality um, to the max. And that's, that's good and bad. It's almost like I have to hand out, have to hand out a business card that says, Hey, this is my personality. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. If I talk direct to you, it's not my, you know, don't listen to my tone, listen to my words. Yeah. And it took my sister 30, 35 years to go, oh. And my sister at one time worked for me in the business and she would talk to people and she would say, like, you know, my brother would die for you, right? And here you are thinking that he doesn't like you because you listen to his tone 
because he has a vision for what this business is or what we're trying to even accomplish yeah. today. Uh, whether we're organizing the building or whatever. And she's like, you're listening to his tone and shutting down before this guy, my brother, that you trust with your life and you trust with your business and you trust with you know, your passion. And my sister would stop him and go, have you ever listened to the words he says without a tone? It's the one thing, the reason that made him so good on television is because of his inflection and his passion and his tone. Mm-hmm. But then when you, you want you you want him to be this person to make money and to have people watch and be an influencer and stand up for what's right and what's good and who he is and 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 go, Yeah, I love that guy. But the the next in, in the next turn of events you would say, I don't like that guy because I don't understand him. How can he be so brash? He's so arrogant. Am I am I being arrogant? Or am I just truly being one who I am, confident in what I know. Mm-hmm. Do I speak when I don't know what, what I'm talking about? Like, if I don't know the answer, but I'm the first one to go, oh, my pay grade. Yep. I have no idea. If you're like, hey, can you hey, can you change? How fast can you change oil? And I'm like, I, I don't. I don't change oil. You don't change the oil in your car? Nope. Yep, nope. Take it down to a little station nope, that's, and that's let them do it. That just don't work on cars. Yeah, and I'm the first one. I'm not going to be the guy that goes, yeah, oh, yeah, well, I may not know what I'm doing, but I am but I can beat you. I'm, I've never been that. Yeah, guy. I understand how you, what you're coming from. I've had from. millions of people. Man, yeah, you think you're good at shooting a bow? I can beat you. And, and like, oh, I would say, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, I can, you know, and they would keep pressing mm-hmm. me. I'd put up with it for a while or whatever. And then I would say, I'll tell you what. Thousand bucks, I'll sh- I'll shoot I'll shoot you with your bow. I need twelve warm up shots with your bow, not even get getting mine. And I've never had one person go okay. Like when you called them on it, but I was never I never had to be that yeah. guy. Now if I if I went and if I if I went deer hunting or I found a new spot or I'm trying to think of a good good. Uh, I, let's say I experienced something. So when I deer hunted or I'd pheasant hunt or whatever, I would experience something and my level um, that I would experience it in, like if you ever have looked up the disc profile and you find out what personality you are, like a high D, like super ridiculous 100% high D is somebody that literally takes the engagement rate of what they see and what they do and the, the from point A to point B and it doesn't matter the thing like you you can't stop that kind of person yeah. from what their goal is. Now somebody uh, that's a I or an S, which is my wife, she has to decide, you know, does her personality complement a high D person? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because she loves to be like the cheerleader and loves to be a part yeah. of it. But when I took my wife hunting she didn't take from, you know, I'm talking about through the years. When I would take my wife hunting, she wouldn't take away or see it through my glasses. Mm-hmm. No matter how much I wanted her. Hey, did you see that? Did you see that buck snort wheeze? <laughs> like, did you hear that? Like, she never would see it as colorful as I saw I know how you feel. She would never see it in slow motion. I tried to take my like girlfriend hunting. And, and it didn't. And my wife. Yeah. And she's just kind of like that. She, yeah. she'll she sit there and 
she's like, yeah, this is fun and stuff because I'm with you, but she doesn't see the just the engagement that you can get into it and just the entire different world well, that's out there. Trouble you see it at. Yeah, and that's okay. And that's okay, man. And I would say, well, you guys are in quarantine and hanging out or whatever this over this <laughs> through this little uh, uh, through this little virus thing that we're we're kind of you know keeping our distance mm-hmm. and, and you're talking. Do the disc profile online. You you be in, you be amazed. How old are you? Twenties? Uh, yeah, twenty two. Twenty two, dude. Twenty two. If somebody was said, "Hey, Chris, man, here, take this disc profile test. Understand yourself first. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be eccentric. It's okay to be this way. But know that you'll have to truly try, like, make a conscious decision to actually care about other uh-huh. people. Like, that's not wrong, Chris. But understand that as long as you have food, and that you, that like, as long as you have food for your family. And your your family is protected, and you have a, what you find to be exciting things that planned for your family for your little family unit. You will die for that family unit, and those important things of don't lie to me, tell me the truth. Uh, you know, kind of the same thing, but tell me information. Mm-hmm. Don't care how bad it is. Tell me things and what a high D personality is and then what an S is and what an I is. My wife's the opposite. My wife wants to be, um, um, she wants to hear her love language is different. Some people would call that love languages, but to understand a personality is for me to say, dear, this is very hard for me. Um, but I am yours for the next three days. What do you want to do? And my wife will say, I don't know. (laughs) What What do you want to do? And I'm like, dear Jody, uh, I love you. Uh, whatever you want to do, like if you want to go to the moon today, I will find out how to get a spaceship. Like I don't know how I'm going to find it, but, but everything to me is doable. Uh-huh. So just tell this high D personality person what you want to do. Well, but but do you want to go to the moon? Okay, listen, Mrs. Pleaser, like she's a super duper 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 to the nth degree. Her profile says i want to comply and make Bo and chris happy yeah. so she tries to outthink me to get me there well bro if i would have had that insight in my life getting into this industry market consumer whatever there would have been so many more uh, it would have been so much easier for me to stand down on a lot of big issues yeah. Uh, that I would have been able to calm down and go, no, 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 they're not judging you. It's okay, Chris. Stand where you're where you're at. Like stand, stand where you're at. God has you, and you're in the right spot. Yeah, just kind of just be really just kind of step back be, and reassess the situation right. and see what's going on. Try to get the bigger picture rather than just seeing what's happening then, yeah. then and now. Well, and here's the key, Bo. Here's the key. Here's the key stand back and go to like your girlfriend or my wife. What kind of personality is she? And me understanding her personality is real clear when I, you know, calm, Mm -hmm. you know, Psalm 23, (laughs) like be still, right? Like the father isn't saying, Hey, hang out by the cool water, hang out in the greener pasture. Like 
not saying like, hey man, if you you know if you're tired, just go ahead. No, it's like, yo, lay down. Mm-hmm. Like I'm your father, lay down, your pastor. So, but beneath, you know, next to the still water. And sometimes it's like if we realize that that's what we're supposed to do is just be still and listen and like look around us, like read the table. If you're a poker, if you're a poker player, if you're you know uh, a baseball player and you're trying to read the pitcher, read the tempo of the game, or even a hockey player like I was, like you need to slow down to read the table. If you don't read the table, you're just running into a yeah. trap. So read the table, whether it's your family, your girlfriend, your hunting. And so in that, I spent years and years and years not reading the table and not understanding. I mean, I was pretty much pissed off for the first 30-something years of my life going, whoever I took hunting, whoever I went, they're like, oh, I always wanted to see, you know, an elk bugling in my face and so you'd go, so you would do like me, I'm saying you, but me, but I would do everything in my power because one day, Bo, you said, I would give anything, anything to see an elk bugle in my face at 30 yards. I'm like, okay, well, to me, it was so easy for me to make happen. Uh-huh. So I would call you up and say, Hey, I'm going to Colorado, I'm going on this hunt. I need a backup cameraman that just shoots from a wide angle. You're going to see elk in your face. And so I would say, hey, you, do you want to go? And I would take you with me and I would pay and we would go and you would be there. And you saw it, right? Mm-hmm. You saw like 10 elk and you watched one die and you helped pack it out. And Yeah, maybe you did good in footage or maybe not, right? But at the end when that was all over, I'd look at you and go like, what do you think? That was your dream, right? And you'd be like, yeah, it was pretty cool, you know? But you weren't losing your mind yeah. over it. And what – and and where that would fall short is where it comes down to human communication, uh, human communication with uh, expectations. So now I would say, okay, well, since I did that for you, um, these are my expectations of mm-hmm. you. Like, even if it wasn't as cool as you thought it was going to be, it should probably be, you should probably fake yeah, it. Fake right? it till you make or it. Or something like you should let me, yeah, well, you know, and I, I and I hate, but I hate that. That's the, I kind of hate that yeah. saying. But what I'm trying to say is, you want them to be. You need to figure out what Chris Brackett is a high D. Yeah. Uh, so you want them to be as involved well, as I'm a you kind of. You, you want to be them hyped up. That's. I kind of see what you're saying. Like, we got to figure out how they. Yeah. You got to read your like. You got to read your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So if you read your girlfriend and go, what did she truly? If she communicates with you, depending if she's an S or an I or whatever, uh, what did she? She liked something about going hunting mm-hmm. with you, whether it was just being next to you. Didn't give a crap about the deer. Oh, deer was a cool bonus, but she loved being yeah. with you. Or she liked the rabbit that you saw on the way out. You know, like so she wants. She likes something about it, but. You should be, and I should be, and then what I'm talking about like you is like, if I took you on that, you should know ahead of time before you go there that you can really simply, very, very simply, know the expectations and the read the table before you even go to say, okay, even if I go, and I think it's awesome, how am I going to convey that to the high D, my friend, my personality high mm-hmm. D friend, Chris? That that was incredible. Am I going to have to pay him back? 
or am I just going to have to write him a letter? Or is it in the day and age of uh, Instagram or Facebook and whatever, am I going to tag him in 3,700 <laughs> photos, bro? And hashtag Chris Brackett's cool. My point is, is like, these are, this is real life yeah, stuff. Is. Like my life may have started out in the industry about hunting, but really that hunting and that industry and my fans and the top shows and the awards and having producers, you know, steal footage from me and then put it on the internet and then me getting, you know, the FBI or not the FBI, but the feds to indict me on charges that they wouldn't have indicted you Bo on, but because I was a celebrity, that's what had to happen. So my point is, is all that stuff happened so that I can be in a place of enlightenment that I can say, man, it may have taken me 42 years, but to truly understand people and how to communicate with them and how other people need to understand me to communicate. Mm -hmm. Man, that's, that's stuff that's just gold. Like you can't buy that. Like so blessed, like so blessed in it. Like whether I'm a garbage man, whether, whether I make, you know, barbecue sandwiches and sell them out of a, out of my truck because I love cooking barbecue. Um, or if I'm ever back on top and I start a new channel or I, I make a company for real estate for hunters that, you know, which is what I love and what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. that's bigger than whitetail properties. Like, well, it doesn't matter. But I know I'm going to be a better friend, a better follower of Jesus Christ, a better husband. Um, just because I know who I am, I know how to communicate and I know these other things and I'm able to slow down now. I think the I think the country right now is in a place of reflection yeah. and in a really great place that there's going to be a lot of people, man. There's going to be a lot of people that go, oh my gosh! As long as I got Netflix and I got my Amazon Prime and my family, I don't need that new fancy truck. I don't need that extra boat. I'm going to just spend a little more time putting things back together. Yep. I'm going to spend a little more time putting in food plots with my family and killing 125 inch deer than killing four 180s in three different states. My point is it's going to slow down the world. The economy is going to come back and we're going to be better off than we ever have been. And there's probably more people right now giving their lives to Jesus Christ um, than ever before. And that's the name of the game, yeah. my brother. Yeah, it is. So that's a lot there in a little bitty short period of time that has nothing to do with hunting, but also at the same time has everything to do with hunting the industry. Well, that wraps up for this first part of the Chris Brackett episode. Come back and join us for the next episode. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Part of the South Outdoors. Hopefully you'll come back and join us on the next episode.